Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast, where you learn what you need to know about how the world wants to work. And now your host, co-working space owner and trend expert, Jamie Russo. Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast. This is episode number 196. We're getting close to 200. Amazing. So today I have a guest with me. He is Roland Stanley. He's the founder of Dragon Coworking just outside of London in the UK. And I wanted to invite Roland on the podcast because he is a member of my flight group program and has been for a while. And he is the kind of guy who is on the call and somebody will be trying to figure something out and he'll be like, oh, we figured that out. Here's what we do. He's like such a problem solver, but he's also really thoughtful and really intentional. And he expanded his space during COVID, sold his 12 offices in the month of December very quietly. So he's doing really well and he's really committed to his community. And he's just, I think, He's like a really great example of a co-working space operator. He's always working on the business, working on the community, trying to get things right and find you know better ways to do things and to serve his group. So I thought he'd be a great guest to have on the podcast. I think you're really going to enjoy his story. So he's a mentor of my flight group program, which now um, gets fed into from my mentor program. If you're interested in getting some support from our team and also being a part of the flight group program so that you can build relationships with peers like Roland, check out the link in the show notes, or you can go to everythingcoworking.com forward slash mentor and book a call to learn more about the program. Okay. Diving into my discussion with Roland. Welcome. I have a guest today with me from uh, over the pond for me, which I'm excited about because I do a lot of hosting U.S. guests and there's a lot of co-working outside of the U.S. So Roland, thank you for joining me today. Roland is the founder of Dragon Coworking and he's in the U.K. outside of London. Roland, tell us. So first, Roland, I have to thank you because every time I send one of these invites to an operator during this time, I think they don't want to talk to me right now. (laughs) They would like to postpone for like a year when everything is, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Nobody wants to tell me their co-working story, you know, coming out of COVID, especially Roland, you're in the UK. And we were just chatting about you know, you, you guys are still really closed down, you know, hospitality is still closed. And you mentioned they just lifted the, you know, required work from home mandate. And so you have, but, but one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because you've had such a, at least from my vantage point, such a positive attitude and um, have really tried to serve your members through this and have done some creative things that I thought would be fun to share with the audience. So anyway, thank you for coming on during this challenging time when you maybe would rather wait until (laughs) a year from now or so. So Roland, I'll stop talking. Tell us about a little bit about you. I'd love to share with our audience, you know, your coworking story. How did you get started? You have a unique background, so please share. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you very much, Jamie. Thank you for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. Um, I feel like I'm sort of giving something back now to these these podcasts. <laughs> so over the years, I found them so, so beneficial, sort of listening to you. And every time I've had a problem with my operating my space or something, I've listened to one of your podcasts and you have a very calming voice and it's been brilliant. So I've been stressing <laughs> out about okay. funnels or something like that. I've just listened back to one of the episodes and it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, so thank you very much for that. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm based in Rochester, which is about 35 miles southeast of, of London. Um, it's, it's about 300,000 people live in the whole towns all together. Um, really historic. We've got a nice castle, cathedral, oh. um, links links to Charles Dickens, and he wrote a lot of his novels here, um, and also a big sort of naval dockyard um, that's back was based here in Chatham as well. And um, yeah, my background, I started in hospitality. I, I, I trained as a chef and um, back in the uh, back in the early 90s and had no intention. Or I didn't know anything about co-working back then and um, literally just started off as a chef, worked in a few local restaurants and worked over in France. Um, but we did have, my family ran a hotel and um, 
I started working for the family back in uh, 1996. And I just came, literally came to help my dad out for a couple of weeks. And uh, I had no intention about working at a family business, didn't want anything to do with it. But I was between jobs and my dad offered me a few weeks work. So I decided to come back and um, help, it, help, help my old dad out for a few weeks. So that was back in 96. And I ended up staying at the hotel for 23 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, uh, but it, I did lots of different jobs. So um, when I started, when I joined the business, it was pretty much bankrupt. It was about the worst hotel you could ever want to stay in. You know, you literally closed the curtains and moths flew out and <laughs> it didn't keep any daylight. It was absolutely terrible. So I spent a few years uh, working with my dad to build the business back up. Um, then my dad announced to me that he wanted to leave the business and he said he wanted to retire. And I said, great, when do you want to retire? And he said, this Friday. <laughs> so, <laughs> this Friday. And he just literally... He bought me a suit and he bought me a name badge with manager on it. And that was it. And he left me to it. <laughs> it seems like dad had a master plan that maybe yeah. you were. <laughs> Do you know what? It was brilliant because he, he just literally handed it over to me and just let me get on with it. And it was it was fantastic. And because I was young, I, I had no fear whatsoever. Yeah. You know, and I just took it on and I didn't matter, didn't matter how many hours I worked. And it's, it's quite a big hotel. We had 45 bedrooms. We've got function suites for 300 people. Another one for 100, another one for 50. So it was, it was big business. It's a big, quite big hotel. And I spent the next few years building it back up. And with a colleague of mine and my cousin, we really did build it back up into, into a good business. And I really enjoyed it. And it was met lots of really nice people um, dealing with lots of brides and brides' mums and all these sort of things. And so that really sort of grounded me in how to in hospitality that has right, half right. people and yeah yeah and I used to love I used to love dealing with the weddings you know I used to go on a real long a long journey with them several years sometimes and and it was absolutely brilliant but it was hard work it was really hard work and it came to about 2016 and I've been here 20 years and I thought you know what I've got to do something different you know and that something needs to change and I was scheduled for that time to have some time off during the summer and I thought I'm going to take these next six weeks uh, with my family, my son and, uh, and the dog. And uh, we jumped into some, well, I've got an old VW camper van. So we jumped in the camper van and we, we went. <laughs> Everybody we went, wants one of those right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we went driving around Europe for six weeks, which is, yeah, which would be lovely. I'd love to do that now, but <laughs> obviously can't be doing that at the moment. And I took those six weeks to think about what I wanted to do. And I thought, you know what, I really, I'd love to start my own business. Um, I've run businesses, multiple businesses, but they're only ones I've ever taken over. Um, so I really want to do something for myself. Didn't know what, still didn't know anything about co-working, didn't know what it was at all. Then I literally, I was looking at my emails, I think I was, I was in Pisa. I remember at the time I was in Pisa and I was looking at my emails and some, an email popped up from a guy who rented a part of the hotel from us. It was three and a half thousand square foot of space that he had been using as a, a big office. Um, and it was, it, was, it was quite a big, long sort of space. And it, my granddad built it, because my granddad built the hotel. He built it as a, um, for um, people to draw blueprint preprints. He ran a company doing drawings. Oh, and, I've got, yeah. and I've got an old picture from the 1970s in the co-working space of all these men sort of on their, doing their drawing, uh, drawings on these oh. big boards. And then the space was used, it was used for a line dancing club, which is very strange. Um, yeah. And then it... <laughs> And then it was used by this company who used to make wiring looms for Harrier jump jets. And so it's had long, it's had long history of history yeah. <laughs> strange uses. And so I got this email and it got me thinking about what to do. But I didn't really, again, didn't think anything about co-working, didn't know anything about it. And then I got back from a holiday and really just started thinking about what we could be doing in this space. But by then we we're sort of getting into the Christmas season or run up to Christmas at a hotel, and so nothing was going to happen. Then after Christmas, again, I sort of got about it a little bit, got caught up with other businesses. Um, and it wasn't until about February in 2017, I had a letter from the council saying they was going to start charging me business rates on this, this 3,500 square foot space. So I thought, well, I don't really want to pay business rates on something that's not making me money, so I need yeah. to do something. Yeah. It was at this time, uh, my business mentor, Ash Lawrence, he said to me, have you ever thought about doing co-working? And I was like, what's co-working <laughs> i've never heard of that and uh he said oh you should check it out and this was by now it's probably in about march 2017 
So literally that next couple of days, I got on a train up to London. So we're only about 35 miles from London. And we I, I made some appointments at, at WeWork because you Google co-working, WeWork comes up. I went up there and I thought, wow, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. I walked in there. They, they got beer or they got coffee. They can help yourself. There's like a really funky vibe to it. Everybody's really happy and you know, and it was, it was just absolutely amazing. Then we went around a few other co-working space, some independent spaces, and it was just an absolute revelation. I've never seen anything like it before. And I was really, really, I, I was really, really excited. So, right, I've got to do this in Medway. So I came back and I got working on it straight away. Um, and the first thing I was thinking about, what, what, what name can we call it? And because we overlook a river, I was thinking, could we call it the river co-working, river something? And it was, and I started talking to Ash Lawrence again, and he said to me, you should call it dragon co-working. And I was like, why dragon co-working? And he said, well, you're inside the St. George Hotel, hotel's name, and St. George Hotel, St. George is the patron saint of England, and he's renowned for slaying the dragon. Oh, so perfect. That's what, that's where the whole dragon co-working comes from. And um, well, I love it. And you avoided trademark problems. I have <laughs> I'm always talking to my startup school students. I'll get, I think at some point we had three of them with the word connect in their name. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, oh, it gets hard, right? To to come up with a new name. So that's perfect. Yeah, really hard. Yeah. And as soon as he said it, I was like, great, brilliant. <laughs> done. Domain name. Done. <laughs> yeah. And company's house all done <laughs> so this was sort of like now sort of beginning end of march beginning of april and then we just literally went at it full bore i had no budget whatsoever so we literally recycled stuff we made all a lot of our tables out old scaffold boards and um i've got my dad's old i've still got my dad's old sofa in here and but we made it look really nice and we made it look so it was meant to be like this and it was a bit shabby chic and, <laughs> and people are really impressed. You know, we didn't, I think we spent in the end, it was really like 14 pounds per square foot. Oh, wow. Uh, That's fantastic. Yeah. And that included putting a new boiler in and it included putting all the network cables in and things like that. And um, Which is probably most of the budget. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. it. Yeah. We didn't skimp on things like the Wi-Fi and, you know, networks, connectivity, we didn't skimp on. Yeah. Um, but everything else we sort of like literally we, we bought an eBay. The whole I've already said the co-working space is built by eBay, literally. <laughs> everything, everything I always get still now actually, I still buy a lot of my stuff on eBay. I think mean, I begrudge paying full price for anything, especially things like phone booths and things. Right, totally. Yeah. Always on eBay. Look first on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had it all ready for the beginning of July. I had already pre-sold all the offices where we got had eleven offices. And, and were the good. offices pre-existing? No, we had to oh. build those. Well, you had to so, build them. That was, yes. and that was part of the budget. Yes, yes. So we did do. I mean, a lot of it. I did. I did a lot. Of, I'm not very handy, but I can do things like strip wallpaper and move rubbish out of the way. <laughs> I can <laughs> really? do all those sort of things. So I did some of that, and I was lucky. I did have a handyman guy who was just could do everything. So yeah, I'm pretty, sure at the hotel you had to have you got a guy ex- for everything. Yeah, right? yeah, that's it. That's it. And. um I had quite a good network already built up. I did a lot of networking and I was standing up in networking saying, look, I built this amazing space, you know, come down, have a look at it. It's a co-working space. And everyone was blank faced. Well, what's co-working? I tried to explain to me a little bit about it. And Which is I show- kind of, I mean, by then, to your point, we works all over London and you're only 35 miles from London, but still, right, right. We think everybody knows what co-working was, but you you invented it in, <laughs> in Rochester a few years ago. Still nobody knew anything about it. I mean, there was interesting. There was there was another co-working. I mean, I did claim to be the first co-working space and, and I upset the original co-working space. There was a co-working space called CoForward. They were actually here a few years before us, but they... Um, there was only around a few years. They were, they were ahead of their time. I think there was too far yeah. ahead of their time because people yeah. just didn't get it back then. And yeah, so I, I, my network came to my aid and they started moving into the offices uh, or pre um, putting the deposits down in the offices. And I was literally showing them around. I lit, taped out the, the outlines of the offices with duct tape. And I was showing... pre-sold with duct tape? Pre-sold with duct tape. <laughs> and I literally, I can never remember, I was literally walking around this dusty old building site with duct tape on the floor and I'm showing these guys there's their first tenants a company called Clockwork Moggy 
and I was showing them. I said, look, your desks are going to be here. You can be sat here. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. And it was like all we had was literally just loads of rubble, builder's rubble, dust, and duct tape on the floor. And they were like, and we'll take it. They were, we'll take it. <laughs> it wasn't quite that simple, but pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Roland, I think we're going to give you a sales a salesmanship award. But it's also, you know, I talk about that in the pre-sale podcast. Sometimes it's just mindset, right? Some people are like, I cannot sell until this thing is all wrapped up in a bow. And Roland, you're out there selling with duct tape on the floor. <laughs> Literally duct tape. And pointing the out the imaginary future desks. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah. 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 So, so we did that. And then we opened in July, beginning of July 17. And the first eye opening, I remember I came down here and I sat down. And I, I don't know why. I just expect I'd shown quite a few people around for desks, but nobody had actually shown up for the actual hot desk inside of it. And the offices are all sold, but they're all saying to me, look, we're going to move in. We're going to move in in a week's time, two weeks' time. Yeah. And, I, and I literally sat on my own for a week with nobody in the space. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, have I really, I've made a massive, have I made a mistake? No, I've told the office, they are going to be moving in. They will come. And then, of course, when I did show people around, it was like saying to them, it's going to be a great community. You know, these desks are amazing. Da, 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 da. You know, and you can come here and drink loads of our lovely coffee and and there was nobody else there, and it was, and it's a hard sell. But I did then give away quite a few memberships for a few months, and then I got people in again from my networking. Yeah, got people in on desks, and then and then it was you know it started building from then. You know, once it got people on desks, people started talking to each other, and it just it just built, and we kept it really simple. We just we had three really basic memberships because again people didn't really get what I was doing, and. If I'm really honest, probably I didn't really get. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you went to London one day, you toured, and then, yeah, I'm in. I'm doing it. (laughs) That's it, yeah. That's it. I I, I was all in on it, yeah. And um, so we we built, and then sort of by December, we had about 40 members in total. Um, So which wasn't, it was okay, but but it was building, and we was doing events, and we was getting people into the space, and we were starting to get a reputation. and. It was the Christmas party. I remember really vividly the Christmas party. That that was my absolute my epiphany the, about what we're actually doing here. We um, decided that we weren't going to go out. We're just going to all sit around and order some pizza in and bring some drinks. And we started playing games. We did charades and things like that. And and it was just sitting there and everybody was laughing and it was all talking to each other. And and I thought this is great. This is amazing. And it suddenly hit me that actually these people are only purely here. Because, you know, I've built this space and they've come and they've met each other and they're enjoying each other's company, even casually out on a night out. And it was suddenly, I suddenly realized that I wasn't selling desk space, you know, I was selling the community. I was selling the whole feeling that they're getting now. And and that is what it was really all about. You know, it's, the desks are unimportant. You know, it's the people, it's the squidgy bits in, in the co-working space that are the really important bits. And from that moment on that's that's when i sort of really realized what we're actually doing here and we just built built from there so um yeah so that's where we are now <laughs> if only we could figure out how to bottle up that feeling and put it on our websites yeah definitely yeah that would be yeah that would definitely be, be helpful wouldn't it <laughs> yeah totally it's amazing though and i think people they don't you can't imagine what that's like until you actually experience it which is you know what what happened to you so Tell us about your community. What do they do for work? They're a real, they're a real mixture, and you know, a lot of digital creative um, industries. Um, we have a lot of um, website designers, SEO, um, artificial intelligence, those sort of things. But then we've also got a lot of like traditional, uh, got accountants, solicitors, okay. uh, bookkeepers. We've got. A, a guy, I got a guy who I describe as a chicken nugget broker, and he, <laughs> and he doesn't like he doesn't he doesn't like it when I say that. But he literally buys and sells chicken nuggets and chicken products from Europe, brings them in, <laughs> and they repackage them up. And um, and one of the funny things with at Christmas, somebody bought him a little thing for his office, and it's got "Welcome to Cluckingham Palace." We call him the Chicken Man. And it's um, so yeah, really, really varied. Uh, I mean, age range. I mean, sort of twenty-five to fifty-five. Yeah, um, full. 
but really, I mean, because we're really the only true co-working space in the whole town, we haven't really sort of got a niche or, or a particular yeah. sort of area. We're sort of quite broad. And you know, Why do you think there's not more? I mean, so you must pull from a bit of a close geography, but that's a big population to not be more served. I think, again, people just didn't really get it. Yeah. And, you know, there's been other space there has been other spaces that have tried co-working but they've been essentially service office buildings okay. and yep. they've never really succeeded in building the community um the, the, there's more co-working spaces coming i know that from talking to the local council yeah. with everything that's happening yep. they will be coming um but because i think now people are suddenly more aware of it um, yeah. well and you must be in that sweet spot where lots of people we're commuting to London and now Ooh. are not. We're in that, the, 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 it's called the London Donut. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the don't, London's in the middle, the hole, and then we're around that, that yeah. sweet spot around the outside, sort of that 25 to 50 miles outside London, where people that used to commute out to London, but they're not doing so now. And sort of a lot of them are reevaluating exactly what they want to do. And, and it's going to be. I haven't seen the outcome of that. I think, I mean, say, same thing for. I think much of the US, it's like we theoretically understand that people are at home and what will they do now? But everybody, you know, so many people are still at home and you're really in that spot with compulsory work from home, you know, just being lifted. So no, I mean, maybe people have given thought to the afterlife, (laughs) you know, what happens when we, when we can, but you probably haven't really seen that play out yet. No, it's, it's really interesting. We've got some people that have that joined up. They've joined up in the last few months that would normally be commuting into London. And they've joined because they're sick of working at home and or they've got really rubbish internet, the, the usual excuses. And some of them are saying, look, you know, we're only here literally till our office opens and we want to be back in our office in London. Yep. Others are saying, you know, they've sold our office in London. We're not going back there uh, full time. But our office have actually got a co-working space in London. So we're going to do two days there, two days at home and a day here. Yeah. So there's a real sort of mixture and a real hybrid that seems to be coming out of it. But it's, um, I mean, people people want to travel to London still. A lot of them do because a lot of them, I mean, it's not just the office, it's the whole London. Bubble. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole, commute, the whole sort of thing people really love. And that's why a lot yeah. of people love working in London. If they don't have to do it so much, I think they'll like it even more. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. So Roland, do you have, is it roughly 3,000 square feet, a little bit more? More more now. We've just, we built during COVID, we doubled up in size. You did. So, I was yeah. trying to remember, I knew you were expanding, but I couldn't remember you having talked about it, but you started with about that much space with 11 offices. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's interesting to me, how did you know to, and you had to build those offices, they didn't exist. Hmm you have a dense model, which I think is good for your financial model. And yet you also managed to build community into that group of lots of offices. How did you know to go heavy on the offices? Um, it, um, I mean, basically it came down to numbers. Yeah, when I first worked out the original financials, I worked out that I could more than cover all the costs just purely by offices. Yep. Um, and I knew that Office, office spaces was, would sell you had a sell. sense yeah. yeah okay especially I mean our offices are small you know our offices are quite small I mean the one person offices we've just built um are only 55 square foot yeah. um the three person offices we had originally they're 130 square foot so they're not they're not huge but yeah. they, they, they sell and um the people people want them and and um and that, that was that was it. That was the original for driver building eleven offices because that more than covered the cost. So then I knew if I didn't have anyone on hot desks, yeah, I'd still be fine. Um, and when it was so new, I think this is a challenge a lot of people have is they struggle with making the investment into the offices up front, but then they're in a market that doesn't really understand the hot desk product. So you kind of hedged your bets and said, "I'm going to cover my cost with the offices, and then I'll." I won't have so much pressure to build up the hot desk business. Which, yeah, so, that's it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, the, the offices are great. The office, I always say the offices pay the bill, but it's the guys out on the desk that really make the community. Yeah. Okay. Guys. So if I, if I said, Roland, how, you know, if you took the hot desks away, 
what would the, yeah, how strong would the community be? Would you, do you think your office members are less interactive? Funnily enough, I think since COVID, they've probably become more interactive because a lot of the time they're the only guys that have been here. So yeah. all of a sudden, you know, they, they've built, there's been a whole like a little sort of new sort of community that's sort of built where these guys, I mean, they, they did used to talk to each other anyway, but now where they're the only people here, um, they've started talking to each other and had to meet each other at lunch. And, <laughs> and yeah, they, so they don't have anybody else to talk to all day, you know, it, yeah. <laughs> they're not going to the <laughs> cafe in the morning or out for lunch. So, huh, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, but so it's the mix. You still feel like yeah. the mix is really important. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. And we've sort of designed when we designed the space, we designed it so everybody has to mingle. There's no sort of hidden away offices that people can get to without having to walk through yeah. a public area. The coffee machine, even with the new space, we've kept one coffee machine in the existing area. So everybody has to come to that one coffee machine, you know, so people then, you know, they come and talk to each other and chat at the kettle and uh, the, the water cooler and things like that so we've been sort of really everything we've done has been really mindful about actually getting people to actually interact and talk to each other and speak and yeah. so the is it an expansion of the existing space that you did yeah so we had a uh, the original space and then there was a corridor uh, that led to the hotel so yep. we've taken over that corridor now um and then another three and a half thousand square foot space okay. on the other side that was originally a masonic temple for masons <laughs> And um, it was a, an interesting one because it had no windows, no roof lights. Um, it was just literally a concrete box. Okay. So yeah, we've transformed that into uh, 12 more offices, um, meeting room, um, and nine more fixed desks and hot desks. Yep. Did you add windows? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we yeah. worked fun. I mean, we were ch- we added roof lights and we've added some windows. We, we um, The uh, building regulations wouldn't let us do as many windows as we'd liked huh. but it's but it's worked out really really well and it's you, you know people don't even notice there's not as many windows as they'd probably yeah. like but yeah yeah so that space is open now yes yes so we actually opened um just before christmas that space and we sold out all the offices again we sold the offices all out before they was actually built um during covid had, during COVID, yes. And then, Roland, we might have to have you do a sales class because there are people saying, what? <laughs> it was, but I think it's, you know, it's all about, the again, the community. We had such a strong community. Again, during COVID, we kept up social media and showing how strong the community was. And then people people wanted to be a part of it. And, you know, people, we had a wait list of offices that because we'd been saying we we're going to build these offices for about yeah. 18 months a year. Yeah. So we had a really long wait list already. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, and they're saying that I said I sold them all out. People put deposits down, but then some people did come out, and then other people came in. And we've just had a, an office coming. We've got one office available as from tomorrow, but uh, you know, other than that, we're all, all fully booked at the moment. Yeah, amazing! Congratulations. So you during COVID, one. So I should have mentioned you're you're a part of our flight group program, and I remember you sharing this networking event that you were doing, which was very simple, but very rewarding for everyone involved. <laughs> Everybody being like, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> Tell us more, Roland. How is this working? And, <laughs> you know, people setting up one-on-ones with you to kind of dig into that. Can you, so it was a networking event that you had started in person before COVID. Yeah. So it's a, it's a networking event that basically it's been going for quite a bit, about 10 years. Um, and it's actually um, my mentor who started it called Ash Lawrence 10 years ago. And I joined as a leader for about three or f- about five years ago now. And we were running just literally just running physical groups. And, and you were doing this at the hotel? At the hotel and sort of we were doing about eight or nine other venues around the whole county. Okay. Uh, which was great. But then it used to take you know, an hour or so traveling at least there, two, three hours for the meeting, then an hour traveling back. And yeah. it was really, I mean, it was great seeing everybody in person and having breakfast together and things like that. But actually time-wise, it was pretty inefficient time-wise. So we, as soon as COVID hit, we decided to put it online um, and we kept a really, really simple way of doing it. So we literally start at 7.15 in the morning. Uh, we put out breakout rooms. Uh, then dead on 7.30, uh, we bring the people back and we have a, basically they get a minute pitch to talk about their business. Um, and then quarter past eight, we bring them all back again. And then we have 15 minutes of breakout rooms. 
and then 8.30 dead, it stops and everybody, that's it, done. Everyone's back to work. And we did it completely free of charge for the first four months, I think it's five months. And then in September, October time, we did a £20 founders members. um, And we had, I think it was 50 people sign up in the end for that, sold out on the founders members. And now we're up to, I believe it's about 70 members at the moment. Um, And we're still going strong Wednesdays and Fridays. We still have about 40 people come along. Even do, you, though do you do every Wednesday and Friday? Every Wednesday and Friday, yeah. And we we have, we have people, new people come along. And even though I thought it might sort of start by now, people getting completely Zoom fatigued. Um, but no, the people still want to be a part of it. And it, and it's great. And it's we really encourage people to have one-to-ones outside of the network group and really get to know each other. And it's all about the relationship building for us. It's building relationships. And, and then people... They can go and be their sales force essentially, but it's 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 just great to. Um, it's really helped a lot of people just because they're around positive people through yeah. a negative time, and and it's it's growing and growing, and we're hopefully going to get back to do some physical meetings, but nowhere near as many as we used to. What do, you used know? to do? Yeah, a yeah. big learning. <laughs> yeah. So who you mentioned at one point that some of the attendees of these events are not necessarily people that would use the physical space. No, I mean, to be honest, a lot of them aren't. You know, I tend to use it as the members here can attend. Uh, some do, some don't. But I tend to use it as, 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 as it's my sort of supermarket for selling co-working because a lot of these guys are startup businesses, small businesses. And they know a lot of the smaller businesses, startups. Um, so I use it for, for marketing, essentially, a lot. Um, but yeah, we do have quite a lot of members, say, recently. I'm just trying to think now. Yeah, they are, they, are, they are starting to come back again. Yeah, some of them disappeared off. They got a bit of Zoom fatigued, but they are starting to come back a little mm-hmm. bit again. Now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also, so you're creating a networking event for the broader community because it's mm. it's marketing for you, but it's marketing for them. It's business owners who get to talk about their business for a minute to a room full of 40 to 50 people at any given meeting. So it's great exposure to them. And then they learn about co-working kind of as a side benefit because you introduce yourself and talk about the space. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, I mean, a lot of these guys are either quite small or they're startups. So they haven't got huge budgets to spend on marketing. Yeah. You know, but, you know, by talking to 40 people in a room, those 40 people then get to know their story and then get to know them. And then yeah. they talk to another 40 people and another 40 people, and another 40 people. And, and, you know, we've got some members that have been with us since the beginning of lockdown who basically they've never met in person. Right. And, you know, they've never met in person. They've only met on Zoom. And it's it's quite strange, actually. Somebody came into the co-working space on last Monday, never met them before, but it felt like we knew each other really well. And it was like, oh, you're that, you're that guy off the TV. <laughs> yeah, it's strange, but it's, it's, but it, but it's, it's been brilliant. And it's, it's kept us all really, really positive. And, you know, and there's, there's been lots of business happening and just getting to know each other has been, been really great. Yeah. No, I love that. So it's like a really like authentic way to contribute to the community and it's a good marketing tool. Yeah. So speaking of marketing, what are the ways that people tend to find your space? We do. I mean, we do a lot of, we did do a lot of events and that was one of our primary routes, apart from networking, primary routes of actually getting people in here. So pre COVID, we did a lot of um, um, other networking things. We had something called waffle, which was sort of like our anchor event that we used to do. And essentially it was really, really simple. We basically made loads of waffles and we, one of the members usually sponsored it and then they got to theme the event. So we had lots of different themes around it. And we usually have about 50, 60 people turn up to it. Wow. And, you know, and it was, and it was great. The last one we did was a lady who does face and body painting. Yeah. And she just did she brought loads of models along. She got a lot of the co-workers and they did all face and body paints and, and it was absolutely amazing. And it was, and it was, it was a brilliant, brilliant event. And it was just sad. It was our last one, but it's coming back in July, hopefully. Okay. Wait, and you eat waffles at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So essentially it's waff- <laughs> waffling with waffles is what we call it. It's a sort of shop land. And, and again, who makes, it's, who, who makes the waffles? We've got the, the hotel we, um, um, we were actually in, they, they come, okay. their chef comes along, got some waffle iron and, you know, then whoever's sponsoring it gets to make up some different like, waffles or their own menus and things. Like okay. That. 
Oh, I love that. So the hotel, so what happened? So what's your involvement in the hotel now? Um, Nothing, nothing at all. No, I I sold the business now two years ago. Okay. So I literally just retained the space for the co-working and, you know, the hotel is nothing to do with me. Thank goodness. Okay. Except for your waffle relationship. Waffle relationship. That's it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I love that. Okay. Um, So, but speaking of which you, you do everything yourself right now. Yeah. How do you, yeah. I mean, what's your secret to kind of, so you do a lot of events um, and you're, you're very focused on community building. What's your secret to kind of getting everything done and staying sane? You always seem so relaxed when I talk to you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it comes from the hospitality industry again. You know, we used to work so many hours and, you know, we had to be so prepared for things when you're doing running somebody's wedding you know, it's the most important day of their life. All the so details, I was, yeah. All the details. And I was always really paranoid about making sure, going over the details again and again and again to make sure it, make sure it's right. And when I set the co-working space up, everything, would, I tried to set everything up to run by itself from the start. So everything is reasonably automated. Um, if there's an issue, it, it gets dealt with straight away. Um and things like we do a really, really detailed um, induction um, or orientation. Mm-hmm. I, want to, I want to find a bit of a funky name for it rather than orientation or induction. It sounds, <laughs> yeah. sounds a bit corporate. But we do really detailed and we go over every detail in co-working space. It takes about half an hour. Um, but things you, like... You require it and you get people to do it. Yeah, okay. that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, but it, go, it goes over things like, you know, what's happened if the Wi-Fi breaks, what happened... You no, know, it's a couple of common issues. So, you know, if the coffee machine stops stops working, you just <laughs> I'm not here. Just literally do this, do this, and it works. And and it and lots of things like that. It just solves solves the issues and problems before they start. And being very clear on a lot of things, our policies like the noise and sound policy uh, about when you can use a phone, when you can go on Zoom calls. Doing things like that at the start just solves any problems, stops any problem mm. coming up, any disputes yeah. and things. And, and I've got a few really good members that have been here since the start, you know, so if, I, if I'm off for a week, I can just say to them, can you just keep an eye out? Right. And they, and they do. Um, and then everything else is pretty much automated on my phone. So all things like door locking systems, security, heating, you know, it's either automated works by itself via sensors or my phone controls everything. So it just wherever I am, I can, if there's a problem, I can sort it out quickly. You can deal with it. And you mm. kind of set that expectation because I know in our flight group calls, this comes up a lot. People struggling with, you know, well, I have one staff member or it's only me. And what if I, right, mm. what if I'm not there? And you're really setting that expectation with members up front during your orientation and kind of it's the culture of your space. Look, you need to be somewhat self-sufficient and I'm going to tell you how to how to deal with these things if I'm not here. I'm yeah, sure you're that's... there often, but... Yeah, that's it. I mean, I tend to be here sort of um, yeah. most of the time during the day. And um, so that's when problems are going to come up. And usually, I mean, the problems that reoccur uh, again and again and again, you know, are the ones we always say to people that this is how to quickly solve this one. Yeah. You know, it, it might just be literally you just go and have, click on this link and it will show you a video of how to solve your problem. Your team, mm-hmm. your video, yep. your and, you know, we just try to make it really simple and, you know, we always frame it up that, you know, just in case I'm with another customer or a member or something, you yeah. know, you need to go into your work, you know, this is just how to do this. Yeah. And, you know, just, just try and frame it up right. And, um, yeah, but, it, you know, the, the things like the door locking systems and that, it's everything's just automated so people can come and go as they want. As they need to. It doesn't yeah, require you. Yeah. yeah. Do yeah. your members have 24-7 access then? They can come in anytime? Certain members, yeah. Okay. So certain, it depends on their membership. And um, yeah, we do have people that do come in overnight and, you know, work. If they're on a deadline, they do come and work overnight. And yeah. again, things like, you know, if somebody sets off a door sensor, you know, they come in the middle of the night, the heating will automatically come on and lights come on and things oh, like that. Oh, perfect. You know, yeah. Just, yeah. So then they're not, they're not messaging me the next morning and say, I was freezing cold all night when, you know. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And you own the space. So... Mm. You own the building you're in. So you control the HVAC. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Yeah. So that's a, yes, that's a a big deal because a lot of folks don't control their HVAC and, you know, their (laughs) lease will say, you know, who who, who knows, I think I'm trying to think what we used to pay, $50 an hour to have the HVAC on after hours or, you know, whatever it is that adds up quickly. So you have that benefit and you control the door access. You like, you can do whatever you need to do on the building. Yeah. 
I mean, we were. I mean, when it, when the hotel, I mean, we're actually the hotels closed down at the moment due to COVID. Um, oh gosh, yeah. That that did make a bit of an issue for us. We had to quickly install some new door kits to actually make. Oh, it because ah, um, got it. yeah, because before that we had, which was really handy. Um, we used to have twenty four hour reception, um, right? Which was great because they used to take in all our parcels, all our posts, and yeah, all those sort of things, and send people down to us. You know, because we were actually quite difficult to find because we're down some long corridors. Okay. Um, so yeah, we had to sort of think of things like the post. We had to think of what to do with the post and the parcels. And wait, tell us about your box because this yeah. <laughs> is like the littlest <laughs> thing that people get so excited about. On one of our calls, everybody was like, "And what do we do with the mail when we're not there?" And you're like, "You get a box from Amazon. You ordered." Yeah, tell us about your box that you ordered. <laughs> yeah, so it was one of the, it was one of the problems we had straight away. Like you know, the hotel was shut if we're not here, and during the first lockdown in the UK, we did shut down for eight weeks. And it was like, we don't, you know, what do you do with the mail? And people still need their post. And, you know, we've got accountants here. And at the time, it was the end of year. So people wanted to drop off their, you know, their carrier bag of receipts that they hadn't been looking after for the last year. And, you know, so we got this, um, it's a box. It's just called Smart Mailbox or Smart, yeah, Smart Mailbox. And essentially, it's just a post box. And it's got a big flap on it that opens up. It's got a barcode on it that courier scans to say it's there. And then you just put it in and, it, and that's it, just done really simple but really secure and it just solves a whole lot of problems and you just installed it outside of your building yeah just installed it out there and you know it's um i can't remember what's i think we've got the medium size there are bigger ones that take some really big parcels yeah you know we we found it and and it's been an absolute we couldn't do without it you know it saved us over covid and you know especially because we've got people with virtual mail as well so we couldn't be turning their mail away and yeah, so it's, it was been a brilliant. It was you know it was a few hundred pounds, but it was definitely worth it. Absolutely, I've yeah. got one at home now. Small, I've got a smaller version at home. That's hilarious. <laughs> Actually, it's a great idea, right? A good way to keep your. I know whenever we're not here, I have to bug the neighbors. Can you please get our packages? Because right, Amazon comes every day. <laughs> um, so back to your networking event. I just want to mm. circle back to that real quick. Do you, will you continue to build that as a do you look at it more of a revenue generator or a marketing tool or a community builder or a, a combination of the three? A, a, a combination, I think, really. It's um, marketing from, I mean, for me, being a leader of that group, you know, it helps me educate people about co-working yeah. and tell them what we do. And, yeah. you know, people always get, you know, I do my one minute pitch and I'm always like try to tell them a story about a member that we helped or, you know, just tell them something about co-working and something along those sort of lines. I mean, you know, financially, I mean, it, it doesn't generate huge amounts of money. You know, it, it does a bit, you know, it's, um, you know, pay, pays, pays some bills, but it's more just purely just marketing and making people aware of our products and what we do and how we can solve their problems, how we can help them with virtual mailboxes. And, you yeah. Know, just, I, I and know our, even virtual mail, right. You just, yeah kind of funneling people into a simple service to get started even yeah yeah, yeah. and even like i mean funneling onto our events as well because we know once we get people into the space then they're interested and then they yeah. see anything and, you know they, they say we've got a beer pump you know you've got a really nice coffee machine and <laughs> you've got the uh, you've got the fake grass and the bean bags from co-working spaces in that they have up in london and this is a great space so once you actually get people here get people so in. it's that yeah make them aware get them to an event sign them up for a member, be a member, uh, yep. give them a free trial, then a member. And Pre-COVID, so, yeah. do you do most of your events after hours or do you do some during the day? A mix. We tend to do them after hours. We do we do some social events and we do then some sort of um, businessy events. Uh, so we do things like the members' breakfasts and things like that, which are all about building the community and member retention. Yep. Uh, they tend to be during the day. Um, and then in the evening, we tend to do... like the businessy events and the information that's going to help them with their business or what they're doing. Um, and they tend to be sort of, yeah, in the evening, sort of about six o'clock in the evening. And they, they bring the people in from outside. And funnily enough, it's uh, a lot of the members don't attend the, the information huh. business ones. Yep. It's really strange. I, I mean, at first I was really, so I took it to heart a little bit, but I put on these really great events for the, the, the co-working members and, and hardly any of them came. And, um, but it, it it does generate awareness and you know gets people onto tours and, and trial days and gets them into being a member. So I think that's such an important point because I think everyone goes through that 
cycle of, okay, what members do, what, what events do my members want? What will they attend? And you have this idea that they want all these educational, like grow their business and then, right, they don't show up, but they come to the social, like breakfast, it sounds like works well for your group. And do they come to the waffle event? Yeah, they do. I mean, some of them, <laughs> again, you know, there are, some, <laughs> I mean, I remember the first couple of waffles we did, there was, um, it got to about half an hour before the event and people started packing up. And I said, are you getting ready for Waffle? And I was like, no, we're off home. Uh, why? And they said, oh, no, we don't really want to do networking. <laughs> <laughs> and my, idea is, my idea is bringing, these, bringing other people into the space so they can network with them and generate business right. and get to know other people. And yeah. As well as being a funnel for me, I thought, it, and I just didn't get it. But, you know, over time, I've just, you know, people... The events, a lot of the members aren't going to come. It's the 80 20 rule again. The members aren't going to come to them. You know, a lot of the members won't come to them. But having events for co working space, I think, is so essential. You know, it really separates us from other service office providers and things yeah. like that. And if we didn't have the events, you know, I don't think we'd be a proper co working space. So. Yeah. So it's a right, it's a marketing tool, it's a connection mm. to the broader community. And you find what works for your own membership, which might simply be yeah. breakfast or happy hour or whatever. And don't work. Right. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> they don't come. It, yeah. 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 And mean, they probably I... love the idea that the stuff is going on. So if they wanted to come, they could. Right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, during COVID, we, we ran sort of a, a daily sort of get together um like a 10 o'clock get together and yep. again it was pretty much the same people that used to turn up to the events turn up to those zoom calls you know but then we sort of i mean we did really well on those we got quite a lot of people and we did things like a and a friday evening events and what we called we used to have always have a drink on a friday afternoon about four o'clock you know whether it's coffee or a beer or something to get together so we replicated that and then we started inviting guests along so we had like a, a, a z list celebrity from the x factor and a singer out of a band from the 1960s and we had magicians and things like that. And we did fancy dress and that sort of pulled in more members that got really interested in that. And huh. we actually, we actually got some really good publicity of that. Actually, we actually we was on the BBC. Wow. We was on Good morning, Britain. We was on radio. We was in local news. Wait, and, and it uh, was over Zoom? And it was over Zoom. Yes. And we actually <laughs> was actually on the TV sort of on our Zoom call dressed up, all dressed up as uh, like dogs and Smurfs and, I was dressed up as a Viking and, and it was, yeah, it was just a really, really fun event that we used to do on a Friday afternoon. But that actually drew in more of the community than some of the actual, some people came to that that I've never seen actually come to a physical event. That's funny. Right. You never know. And sometimes when you try totally different things, you find what works. So you're still doing virtual events and Kristen says, thank you because you're, you are MVP of submitting shared events for <laughs> for, the, for the flight group she's like because I was like oh Roland's got a Canva event this one looks really good so you're still doing will you move those uh into the space when yeah. so I think we're going to be we will be doing like hybrid events so we'll be doing both so we'll be literally <laughs> live streaming it and then we've invested in I, I used to have one a little Mevo camera I think it's called okay and we we used to live stream some events and then we stopped it just didn't work out very well and I sold it on eBay and I wish I hadn't now so I'm gonna have to get a new one of those and some proper lights and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna actually sort of like live stream events as well as having people here in person uh, and yeah. then be really proactive like taking questions from the audience uh, yeah. that we're live streaming to and things so yeah a mixed hybrid event I think yeah that's it I think we're going to be doing yeah and we're really looking forward to doing some social events soon as well <laughs> I know soon we're getting there so yeah you're coming out, you said mid, when we were talking in advance of the call, June-ish, things are going to start to kind of really open up and get back to normal. What do you what do you think, you know, September will look like? Because I wonder if summer, is the summer similar for you where people travel and who knows if people come in? So I feel like we're pointing towards September. What do you, what do you, what's your prediction? Yeah, we have, I mean, usually sort of mid-July to like, Second week of September gets re- was really really quiet. You know, people yeah. off on holiday and things. But whether we're going to be allowed to go off holiday, um, certainly not. Oh, right. Yeah, maybe around the UK. Um, do you know? It's, it's really. I mean, hopefully, our, our lockdowns due to be basically completely finished by the twenty first of June. Those dates probably get, may well slip. Who knows? Uh, fingers yeah. crossed they don't. We've I've had a lot of inquiries. Um, a lot of people doing Zoom tours and you know, physical tours. 
want to join, but they're still a little bit unsure about where we're going with, with, with restrictions and things. And they're still nervous. And it's and that's been one of the difficult things, actually dealing with people's different levels of yeah. nervousness and anxiety towards it all. Um, and when they're ready to come back, we've got a lot of members that are still saying they want to come back, but when it's right for them. So I'm hoping by September, I set my goals. I know how many members I want to have by then. Okay. If fingers crossed it's going to it, we will be back to some pretty much normality i'm hoping yeah. by september yeah yeah i yeah. can't my, i was saying that this time last year i think so right. <laughs> fingers crossed this, t- this time <laughs> well right who knew what was coming this time last who knew? Year? Oh, yeah <laughs> so is there a five-year plan for dragon co-working do you think you will do more expansion or are you gonna hang tight well do you know in my original when i did my original business plan sort of four years ago by now i should have had four different um four <laughs> okay four, yeah. four four different locations yeah and you know i still think i've still work to do here really and i really enjoy i mean i do have another business another business as well property business which which i do as well so i've still got time to put to that yeah but i really enjoy what i do and i love being hands-on and i love looking after the members and hearing their stories and helping out them and connecting them and trying to make sure that they're getting the most out of dragon co-working and i went through that sort of soul searching about you know i was offered another um, another location and i thought do i really want to do it and i thought do you know what i'd rather be brilliant in one location than be stretched yeah. across two and sort of failing in, in, in two locations so i'd really be known i'd really like to be known for doing something really well in one place first and then Hey, you never know. You may well move. Never say never. Location. Right. Never but, say never. Yeah. But at the moment, you know, what? I'm really happy doing what I'm doing. And, you know, I don't I don't I, I don't want to be pressured into like doing something I don't want to do really. And yeah. And yeah, just enjoy. I mean, I, I love spending time with my kids and the, my wife and the dogs and, you know, doing those sort of things. And, and, and you know, a lot of these guys are my friends now. And so I just yeah. enjoy spending time with them. Yeah. And it's a different relationship when you have to split your time across locations and yeah, the operational complexities. So, but there will be opportunity. It it starts getting to a point where people are sort of, they're they're just customers. And yeah, for me, it's all about, I say that community is actually getting to know people and going back from authentic relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, going back from one of the hospitality, one of the things we used to do is really get to know people. And we used to take notes about what they used to say to us. So we used to know their kids' names. And we used to know all the details where they went holiday and all their bits and pieces like that. So when they came back in, we used to talk to them and it used to blow their minds that six months later, we knew where they went on holiday and, you know, their kids' names and things like that. And and that's what I really love. And that's what I've really tried to put into the co-working space is getting to know people really well and making it really personal. Yeah, Roland, I feel like we could have we could have another episode about <laughs> integrating hospitality into the co-working space because I think there's a a lot to be said mm. for that that folks have not really picked up. So we might we might have to do a, a repeat uh and have you on again. Okay, so I'm gonna be cognizant. We have been chatting for a while. I'm gonna let you, well, go home for dinner and walk the dogs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's early for me, late for you. Thank you for making the time to do this and for sharing your story and Welcome your insights. And we're rooting for everyone, but certainly I think the UK has had a tough go of the the lockdown scenarios. So we're rooting for you between now and June to stay on track and get fully back open and congrats on your expansion and we wish you continued success. So thank you very much. Well, thank you very much for inviting me on. It's uh, yeah, really, really, really enjoyed it. Thank you.